liquid scent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents, boys and girls. So glad you guys are here. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for coming in and being part of this on Monday. Hope you guys are out there crushing it already. Excited to be alive, doing new things, learning. I mean, golly, there's so much going on right now. I've uh, we, we travel a little bit this weekend, and I'll get into that uh, later this week in a show. Uh, but man, you know the, the the time to to travel and listen and learn. Uh, one of the books that I'm reading right now. Uh, is the food of the gods, and it's uh, by Terence McKenna. It is absolutely fantastic read. I mean, amazing. Uh, it is. It it, it revolves around uh, psychedelics and psilocybin and all that fun stuff. But not the focus of this show. I'm just. There's so much to continue learning, and maybe this is you know part of. Uh, why I do what I do is because I am just, I, I'm like a kid in a candy store. All this information that I never, I don't know, maybe was never exposed to. And, when, and like you guys, I was part of the, you know, the, the system, the government indoctrination system for kids, like this youth government indoctrination system that not only suppressed knowledge, but absolutely lied to us about things. And as I continue to learn more and more and more about uh, these practices and opening my mind and how there are so many synergies between things like psychedelics and Bitcoin and freedom and just this freeing of the human species, I am brought back to uh, trying to help others understand what this excitement is to get other people fired up about this kind of stuff because it does rely on evangelism. It does rely on people taking up a active part, taking action and and learning. And I'm telling you, it's not like you know, back in the day when you had to read something or maybe write a report or or talk about it, it wasn't something that you read against your will. It this is something that I read that is absolutely fascinating to me. And, and first and foremost, just the the stimulation, the to, to take your mind as an adult and begin adapting it and 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 working out this neuroplasticity, like this, the ability of your brain to continue to grow and function to push the boundaries of what is possible and to understand, to have a, a broader understanding of, you know, what happened um, in our history to get us to the point where we're at. And I mean, I'm not talking about just, you know, to this point in, in modern history, what you were told. And that's the thing is you were told a lot of things up until this point to keep you subservient, to keep you docile, to keep you within uh, you know, quote unquote, the matrix, right? To keep you in um, what Tom Woods calls the allowable, uh, you know, the allowable opinion. And what this is in terms of an awakening, this renaissance that's going on now, it is a renaissance that goes all the way back. And I mean, tens of thousands of years now um, to a, a very, I guess, very different uh, understanding, not a different time, a different understanding 
of what was suppressed. So, you know, great read. I, I definitely recommend it for for anybody that's interested in this and to understand the overlapping. I mean, when we talk about mental health, we're talking about freedom, we're talking about psychedelics, we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about all these different things and what they have in common. It is the freeing of the individual, the empowerment and the sovereignty of the individual. And I don't know that there's a lot of other people in this space that are doing exactly this. There are some people that know history. There are some people that know economics. There are some people that know mental health. There are some people that know psychedelics. There are some people that you know know a little bit of American history and the Declaration of Independence versus the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist side of what happened here in America. Like this, all of this is what I am super passionate about and to bring these all together in this amalgamation and bring them to you with some people that I'm finding in this space that are absolutely brilliant people. Um, I've got another read for you guys today, another article, because uh, last week I brought to you guys an article uh, by uh, Nozomi Hayasi, and she is a uh, PhD psychology uh, or psychologist, and she's she's written another uh, brilliant article. It's Bitcoin is a humanistic alternative to technological salvation. And I'm going to do this read today. Uh, I think it's important. I think the understanding of what we're up against and the choices that we have to make in the very near future as things like CBDCs are thrust upon us are, are something that you guys need to be very, very well informed on. And if I can help you do this, um, I, it is you know my pleasure and it's my honor to do such things. Um, so I'll come back for a little bit of comment afterward. And without further ado, the article by Nazami Ayasi. Bitcoin is a humanistic alternative to technological salvation. Bitcoin will shape the future of humanity in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis and the COVID-19 pandemic. Nozomi Hayasi, December 6, 2022. This is an opinion editorial by Nozomi Hayasi, PhD, who has a background in psychology and human development. The 2008 financial meltdown, with subsequent bank bailouts and a cycle of austerity, led to the weakening of the public's trust in governments and institutions. Bitcoin emerged as a response to the global crisis of legitimacy. Now, more than a decade later, the economic damage created by the pandemic has triggered a further breakdown of the system. As the Federal Reserve's infinite money printing creates high inflation, Bitcoin steadily increases its popularity as a safe haven. At the same time, as the old economy is being destroyed, the leading global institutions have stepped forward to reboot the entire system. The key organization, the World Economic Forum, WEF, with a theme of the Great Reset, prepares for the rollout of the central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. CBDC versus Bitcoin. Augustin Karstens, head of the Bank of the International Settlements, explains CBDCs as a programmable money that gives issuers the power to control every transaction. Using these powers, issuers can restrict what ordinary people are allowed to spend money on. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. 
those are those two issues are extremely important, and that makes a huge difference with respect to what to what cash is. In response to central banks creating their own digital currencies, the original cypherpunk and cryptographer Adam Back tweeted, Humanity is at a tipping point. One path leads to dystopia, digital dark ages, neo-feudalism, or well-meaning but economically and socially confused plutocrats. Bitcoin is the main ray of light, a way to opt out of the central planner, global surveillance state hellscape. Admin note, he retweeted Elon Musk, who said, the barbarians are at the gate. Now, Bitcoin and CBDCs, two different types of digital currency with contrasting features, race toward a global adoption. The crux of this competition involves different visions of the world. The outcome of this race will determine the future of humanity. Shift of Authority the crisis of legitimacy triggered by the financial panic of 2008 signaled the demise of the Western liberal democracy. This has begun to create a shift in the locus of authority in our society. The idea of democracy that inspired the birth of the United States was based on a humanistic worldview. In the past, authority was placed in the gods and the sacred text. People sought answers from the external. They tuned to religion, the Bible, and popes for their decisions. The opening passage of the American Declaration of Independence affirms humanistic values with a belief in the critical value of individual autonomy. Quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. A move towards democracy brought a shift in values. It placed authority in human hands, putting emphasis on the individual. People who were seeking behavioral norms outside of themselves began to rely on their personal experience. Threat to democracy. Yuval Noah Harari, Israeli public intellectual and historian, talks about how, in this crisis of democracy, a threat to the humanistic worldview is now emerging from laboratories and research departments in places like Silicon Valley. Harari, who is a lead advisor to Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, points out ways in which science is challenging the story of humanism. Quote, Current trends in science are invalidating the belief of humanist in free will and the ability of humans to make free choices. Yuval Harari. He explains that scientists are saying there is no such thing as free will and that freedom is just another myth, an empty term that humans have invented. He defines feelings as biochemical processes of calculation and contends that there is no reason to consider them the highest authority in the world. Techno-religion. Harari, who has been praised by the likes of Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates, and celebrated by tech workers in Silicon Valley, explains how in this twilight of democracy, authority is now once again moving away from humans. This time, he states it's not some gods above the clouds that control human destiny, but algorithms and data in the clouds of the Amazon and big tech giants. 
He describes a new revolution happening around this shift of authority. It is led by the techno-religion, the ideology that technology provides salvation. He explains that the techno-religion is a data religion within which data and information becomes a supreme source of authority and of meaning in the world. It makes us believe that technology knows more about us than we do ourselves. It tells us, don't listen to feeling or gut intuition, just turn to data. Acting as a spokesperson for the new sect of techno-religion, Harari predicts a coming of a future without humanity. He states that humans, like you and I, will disappear and that Earth will be dominated by very different kinds of beings or entities. Under the new authority of algorithms, Harari describes how human beings are viewed as no longer spiritual souls, but become hackable animals. Warning for Humanity Some saw what was coming and warned about the potential machine takeover of the world and the elimination of human beings. Julian Assange, WikiLeaks publisher and one of the notable cypherpunks, was aware of this trend from early on. He called on those who are technologically capable to take up strong cryptography as a nonviolent weapon to defend individual liberty. Assange warned us, quote, The future of humanity is the struggle between humans that control machines and machines that control humans, end quote. As central planners try to deploy CBDCs to push their techno-religious movement, a breakthrough in computer science has brought us an alternative vision of the future of humanity. Value of individual freedom. Bitcoin, in its 14 years of existence, has provided a response to the crisis of Western liberal democracy, allowing us to truly embody humanistic values. There was an inherent weakness in the system of representative democracy. The mysterious creator of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto, recognized that this system was not adequate by itself to secure the value of freedom and the place of individuals as supreme authority in the system. Those who gain control over the production of money have created an economic system that works to their advantage. Concentration of economic power in a few hands turned democracy into a system of control. With sophisticated methods of persuasion, through the use of propaganda and PR under the guise of democracy, the population was subjected to manipulation of their feelings. By challenging the monopoly of money, Bitcoin, cypherpunk's holy grail, has enabled economic liberty. With the principle of don't trust, verify, this technology places the source of legitimacy with individuals for the first time in history. Rather than residing in the clouds of tech giants, authority is now descending into the human heart. Revival of Humanism The birth of Bitcoin has helped creativity and freedom of expression to flourish, creating the resurgence of the arts. It now inspires a new renaissance of humanism. Before the Renaissance, history was seen as being shaped by divine forces. With the advent of the Renaissance, beginning in the 14th century in Italy, this view shifted. The Renaissance placed human beings at the center of life. A man was regarded as a partner in the creation of gods to actively engage in shaping the course of their own lives. Just as the Renaissance placed emphasis on the individual, now 
The Bitcoin Renaissance 2.0 creates sovereign individuals, enabling human beings to truly come alive. A path of salvation via proof of work. People from all nations with different backgrounds started to align themselves with humanistic ideals that exist at the core of Bitcoin. Through meetups and conferences, they are now finding one another. They begin to speak the same language and share values. Transcending their cultural differences, they have become Bitcoiners. They are bearers of humanity, beginning to claim the source of authority and human imagination. This is now creating a humanistic movement, generating a force strong enough to counter the techno-revolution. Between Bitcoin and CBDCs, we are now presented with a choice. CBDCs versus Bitcoin. Centralized versus decentralized. Offers a promise of salvation through data religion in which data information in the clouds of big tech giants becomes a supreme source of authority versus delivers a path of salvation via proof of work where one does not need to trust authorities outside. One needs to rely on an outside authority or external algorithms versus through each individual voluntary participating in a network of consensus, each of us can validate our own truth. Worshippers of machine intelligence offer a promise of salvation through which we once again are made to rely on authority outside of us, this time on external algorithms. Bitcoin presents an alternative model of salvation via proof of work, where we no longer need to trust authorities outside of ourselves. Through each individual voluntarily participating in a network of consensus, each of us can engage in validating our own truth. While a path of technological salvation moves a society toward the post-human era, Bitcoin, pro-human technology, inspires each individual to create a new world of humanism. El Salvador, the savior. El Salvador, the country that first declared Bitcoin legal tender, has become a center of the Renaissance 2.0. They are leading the way. Using Bitcoin as a tool, the president, Nayib Bukele, began to stand up against the central banks and their financial imperialism. Admin note to describe a tweet by 21JCLP. CBDC is slavery. Bitcoin is freedom. Choose wisely. Orange pill emoji. You have Rishishi Sunak, the prime minister of England, at the table in the matrix saying CBDCs and you have Bukele on the other side flipping him off saying Bitcoin. Another admin note in this next tweet, Odell tweets, this new British prime minister is no friend of Bitcoin. The news accounts are misleading you for engagement. He wants total control and a surveillance state of money. Today, I'm proud to say that under the UK's presidency, the group of the world's seven most advanced economies, the G7, is launching a set of public policy principles for retail central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside physical notes and coins. Unlike most of the digital money people use daily today, it would be issued directly by a central bank, like the Bank of England in the UK. 
And governments and central banks across the world are working together, looking into what having a digital currency might mean in practice. This includes issues that people care about, such as ensuring users' money would be safe and secure, that it could work with other ways to pay, would be energy efficient and available to everyone. A potential CBDC could offer businesses and consumers new ways to pay in the future. It's all part of the wider story of digital innovation that has delivered benefits to millions around the world and in the UK. The decision on whether to launch a central bank digital currency is for each country to make, and no G7 jurisdiction has yet made that choice. These decisions raise important questions about the reshaping of our economy, financial systems, and the way in which people interact with money and payments. That's why working together and careful evaluation with our international partners is essential. In the UK earlier this year, I announced a new joint task force between the Treasury and the Bank of England to look into a potential CBDC as a complement to cash and bank deposits. We're also hearing from firms, technology experts and others. Under the leadership of the UK, this report today will help support and inform exploration of CBDCs in the G7 and beyond. With these principles, the G7 is leading an important step change in the global policy conversation. The report covers a range of important matters, such as financial stability, cyber resilience, energy efficiency, privacy, inclusion, and tackling illicit finance. These factors should all be considered when designing and potentially delivering a CBDC that would be fit for the future. Our shared objective is to ensure that CBDCs would be grounded in long-standing commitments to transparency, the rule of law and sound economic governance. The G7 will continue its work in this important area, working with others to enhance understanding and use of these principles. We're excited to be taking a leading role with G7 members in publishing this exploratory work, bringing money and finance into the 21st century. As the leaders of G7 members are trying to launch centrally controlled digital slave coins, Bukele engages in efforts to increase Bitcoin adoption to open up a path of self-determination. This is attracting creative minds and talents from all over the world. Admin note, a tweet from Stacy Herbert. Super excited that for the first time ever, El Salvador has a restaurant on this prestigious list. El Zalamez is number 91 best restaurant in Latin America. El Salvador is winning. This is what Renaissance 2.0 looks like. Perfect money and a great leader leads to innovation and success across the economy and culture. Bitfinex and Palo Adarno were instrumental in providing the financial support to help them open the restaurant and their new location. Paolo Arduino, CTO of Bitfinex, the world's leading digital asset exchange, is working to provide a platform for financial freedom. Along with his efforts to expand Bitcoin adoption, he aims to maximize decentralization by developing Keet.io, peer-to-peer chat apps that are built without any central server. Admin note, tweet, by Paolo, Keat.io explained at Lugano Plan B, cloud is not your friend. Big tech is obsessed by your data. Big tech is milking you and your family. Hole Punch enables millions of web devs to develop apps, no matter how complex, ambitious, without servers or infrastructure.
Can El Salvador, under Bukele's leadership and his policy of economic liberty, engage people in proof of work to organize and network toward the salvation of humanity? Positive changes are already happening. Bitcoin's Renaissance 2.0 inspires new ideas, bringing in investors and capital to help people build alternatives to big data and centralized cloud products to enable freedom. Securing the Future of Humanity We human beings share our destiny. The life of all species is intertwined. Our choices and actions affect one another. With the accelerated speed of technological advancement, as we are being quietly transported into a virtual reality, are we leaving behind our own body and our soul? Without human beings who can feel, what would happen to the earth, ecosphere, trees, rivers, and all of the animals? We Bitcoiners are custodians of this planet. By practicing self-custody and running full nodes which maintain the ecosystem, we preserve the autonomy of individuals. We can work towards securing the future of humanity. Admin note, tweet by Michael Saylor. Bitcoin is a swarm of cyber hornets serving the goddess of wisdom, feeding on the fire of truth, exponentially growing ever smarter, faster, and stronger behind a wall of encrypted energy. A network of messiahs created through technologically empowered men and women coming together starts to form a formidable defense against the transhumanism agendas. Bitcoin presents a humanistic alternative to technological salvation. Hyper-Bitcoinization has just begun. The dawn of new humanity is near. With hearts that beat every 10 minutes, we humans can claim our freedom and responsibility to steward Mother Earth and all of her creation. This is a guest post by Nozomi Hayasi. Opinions expressed are entirely their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Bitcoin Inc. or Bitcoin Magazine. Absolutely beautiful article by Nazami Hayasi there. What a what a good thing. I mean, we've been talking about it here on the show for a long time. If you guys are new to the show, you're uh, obviously welcome. And uh, I really appreciate you guys trying something new. For the long-time listeners, as we're shifting gears, as we're learning and growing as an audience and as a, as a group of people, uh, I appreciate all of you guys and your your engagement as we are getting, I guess, less out of politics and more into, um, I guess, our souls. Uh, you know, what I would I don't want to call it a religion because there's such a uh, there's such a negative connotation with religion these days. The this the spiritual work, this healthy mind work, healthy body work, this. Uh, economic work that we're doing, everything that is, I think, base layer protocol. I talk about communications protocol all the time. Uh, and I'm going to be bringing you guys something a lot bigger on that, hopefully here in the near future. But the, the, the baseline communications protocol for not only how we communicate with ourselves and our family, but the people who are out there, you know, that you want to control anything and everything that they can uh, for their own enrichment. That's what we're up against. This article makes it plain as day. It is CBDCs versus Bitcoin, uh, central bank digital currencies or crypto versus Bitcoin. And it should be framed as that all the time. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. I think I'm going to refuse calling it crypto from now on because it, uh, it muddies the waters a little bit. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. There is nothing like Bitcoin. There are other digital tokens out there. 
um, that she made a, a really good point about. It's just the most of them are centralized. Most of them are centralized. They are fiat, which means they're just breathed into existence. They are decreed by the all-powerful places like, I don't know, let's say the World Economic Forum, the IMF, the Federal Reserve, the Bank of Japan, the Bank of England, the Bank of China, the Bank of Russia, the central banks. If you want out of that kind of rat race, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to go out. You're going to have to do the research, pour in the time and the effort. And the thing is, is this not boring? This is some of the most exciting stuff that's ever washed over the human species. The opportunity that is before us now, it is early, 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 early. Um, but when you hear, you know, this uh, this guy like Augustine uh, Karstens, you know, sit there and I mean, if you haven't seen Augustus, man, this guy is, he's obese. And I mean, seriously obese. Talking about limiting other people through financial tech. The idea that you're going to be a data point, an algorithm, and I mean that. I mean, you're literally a data point or a bunch of data points in terms of being an algorithm for these people. They think that they can hack your mind. You know, they think that they can control you. They think that you should be controlled for, I guess, those people's idea of what society is. And, you know, if that's if, if that's who people want to be, hey, go be those people. You want to go be bots for the system? Great. Go be bots for the system. There are a lot of people out there who already are bots for the system. But as she pours through this and talks about the the, the, the different aspects of where we're going and, and how we're going to get there, um, she makes you know a point through Adam Beck, who has that tweet. Is humanity is at a tipping point. One path leads to dystopia, digital dark ages, neo-feudalism of well-meaning but economically and socially confused plutocrats. I don't think that they're well-meaning um, because right now on Twitter and what we've seen in the past few weeks since Elon has taken over, uh, we are seeing really what you've been up against the entire time. A lot of us were right. Most of us, I think, uh, that don't subscribe to this global agenda, these megalomaniac psychopaths, that are out there, like Bill Gates and uh, the rest of you know the, the the known actors that have worked you know in unison. And that's the thing is we've seen one of the biggest conspiracies of my lifetime, possibly the entire world. We've seen it play out. The people that have been affected, the people who have been killed, the people who have gotten sick, the people that have been deplatformed, depersoned, the the the, the the shutting down of communication and free speech has absolutely for the past few weeks begun to come to the surface, to be on full display for everybody to consume. And there's a, a lot of, I told you so's out there. The conspiracy theorists were right. Now, if you, if you're a conspiracy denier, you look like a fool. Um, which is interesting because I say that I don't think that these people have any, good intentions. I say that because right now, right, like just wrapping up, um, there was a meeting. It was the Johns Hopkins, uh, I guess put on by Johns Hopkins. It was the Bloomberg School of Public Health Center for Health Security. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation are the people, I guess, that sponsored it. And then you see at this table, it says in the backdrop on this giant screen, catastrophic 
contagion, a global challenge exercise, right? Like this is ridiculous. It's got on the, um, on the, on the back, it's got another blow up in terms of, uh, some bullet points. It says reflections, uh, from participants. What are the greatest pandemic, uh, preparedness challenges, how to promote exercises for pandemic preparedness, and what are the most important aspects of a new pandemic, uh, core. So these people are not well-intentioned. This is Bill Gates, once again, who is not a scientist. In reality, the guy has talked about overpopulation of Earth for a long time. He supports things like, um, you know, abortion, obviously. And, you know, hey, you know, if you're for abortion, listen, I don't know what to tell you. I think it's murder. Um, If you think that Bill Gates has your best interest at heart, I think you've got something to learn. I don't think Bill Gates gives a damn about anybody but Bill Gates. And I think he is an absolutely evil, psychopathic man that, you know, by the looks at him, has no real interest in health. I mean, you can see in himself, like he, I don't know if he's surviving off of, you know, soy burgers and, and, you know, impossible meat products, bullshit like that. I don't know. I, I, I look at him and I go, that is not a healthy man. First and foremost, the fact that he thinks that the world is overpopulated and is heading for catastrophe and at the same time continues to do things like this, like the event 201, that was the, the, the event prior to what happened in, uh, you know, 2019, uh, with COVID. This was the next one, the catastrophic contagion event. And, you know, here's an excerpt from one of the shots. The John Hopkins Center for Health Security, in partnership with the World Health Organization, the WHO, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, conducted catastrophic contagion, a pandemic tabletop exercise at the Grand Challenges Annual Meeting in Brussels, Belgium, on October 23rd of 2022. I didn't know about this. Now, it goes on to say, the extraordinary participants of this group consisted of 10 current and former health ministers and senior public health officials from Senegal, Rwanda, Nigeria, Angola, Liberia, uh, Liberia, Singapore, India, Germany, as well as Bill Gates, co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The exercise simulated a series of WHO emergency health advisory board meetings addressing a fictional pandemic set in the near future. Participants grappled with how to respond to an epidemic located in one part of the world that then spread rapidly, becoming a pandemic with a higher fatality rate than COVID-19 and disproportionately affecting children and young people. Warning, warning, warning. This is exactly what they're planning again. Lockdown 2.0. This time, these evil bastards are going after young people and children disproportionately. This is absolutely this is trending on Twitter right now. We are not dealing with people in good faith. We are not dealing with people who want to see better human societies. We are not dealing with people who want people to be free. We're not dealing with people that want to recognize conscience. Per her article, we, we, you talk about the WEF and Klaus Schwab 
and um, Harari, the Yuval Noah Harari, the Israeli public intellectual and historian, right? This guy, this guy doesn't believe in free will. He doesn't believe in human choice. And he believes somehow some humans are better than others and should be able to, I guess, uh, make choices for other humans. That's pretty sick stuff. Really, really, really sick stuff. The the idea that this is, you know, I guess, on the precipice after people like Julian Assange and Snowden and the rest of these guys uh, tried to warn us about the evils of what was coming, the uh, the absolutely the the technocracy, the takeover of these Silicon Valley, uh, you know, technocrats, the World Health Organization types, the IMF types, all of these quote unquote elites out there, their system is falling apart. Their banks are falling apart. And like I said, this is all because of Bitcoin. A new technology that was devised in 2008. Well, and I say new, it was the best. There were other iterations before Bitcoin that didn't work for a number of different reasons. Bitcoin finally got it right. It hasn't forked. It hasn't, uh, it hasn't done things like you know what Ethereum has done and merge or, or, or you know, start a new code or branch or any of those kind of things. Bitcoin has been Bitcoin since the very beginning in 2008. Um, and great books out there, the block size wars, uh, read up on that, the, the, the bullish case for Bitcoin, another great book, uh, to kind of give you a history on what the history of Bitcoin was and what came before it in terms of people trying to hack this. But in terms of a response to the, the banks getting bailed out in 2008, the, the companies that got bailed out on the backs of taxpayers in 2008. The fact that this never, ever, 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 ever happened for private citizens. What did you get, like $1,200 during COVID? $7 trillion to $8 trillion printed out of thin air. And the, the economy cannot withstand something like that. Especially when there's an alternative to the banks that are being manipulative. That are manipulating you that are manipulating your family, that are manipulating prices, that don't give a damn about any of it because they got enough money or it really doesn't make a difference. The basics of life, what you eat, what you clothe yourself with, how you get to work, they don't care about those things. Those things are rounding errors for a lot of those people. Rounding errors. <sighs> this, is, this is a choice that humanity has got in front of it. It's something that you are going to have to learn. It's something that you're going to have to evangelize. You're going to have to become an expert in your area on this, and you're going to have to start a movement. It is time to get off the sidelines. It is time to take action. It is time for you to stand up and recognize the power that you have. But Shane, I don't know this stuff. Learn it. If a guy like me, who a lot of people think is, uh, is very familiar with all the flavors of Crayola. Can learn the stuff? You definitely can learn this kind of stuff. You are empowered to learn this kind of stuff. You have more power than you, than you know. You are smarter than you know. Wake up your brain. Get that elasticity working, that plasticity absolutely energized. And then take that passion and share it with somebody. Have somebody 
maybe, I don't know, open up a wallet, maybe help them take custody of their first Satoshis, whatever it is. Help people along the way. Get, help them you know, with information. You're not trying to convert people overnight. You're not. You're trying to plant seeds with people. And I got to tell you, it's working. I've got more and more and more people coming to me saying, hey, man, you're deep in this kind of stuff. You've got a better understanding than I think most people, which is super early still, and uh, I need to learn it. If you guys can do this kind of thing, we're going to beat these people. We're going to beat the people like Bill Gates. We're going to beat the people that control the Biden administration. We're going to beat the deep state. We're going to beat the FBI, the DHS, the rest of the alphabet boys that have been hard at work using every bit of power they have, and then some, through a perverse incentive Federal Reserve system to make you shut up, to make you take shots, to coerce you, to force you into their narrative. We've got a lot ahead of us, people. We've got so much damn to do. And dealing with the sickos like this, the game's up for these people. Anybody who's paying attention to what's going on in the world now, the news, like I said, it is a nuclear bomb that's going off in slow motion, and it is going to vaporize people. I'm kind of wondering when people start to get it, what they're going to do. May I suggest thus? If you're one of those pipe hitters, you're one of my fellow veterans, you're one of those guys out there that's done some things in the past that knows some craft, that knows some, um, just, just knows how to be dangerous, I suggest you start getting with other very, very dangerous people. And I suggest you go down and you have a very calm, peaceful talk with your sheriffs. Your sheriffs are still working with the FBI. The guys that went to Twitter and YouTube and Google and Apple and the rest of these tech giants and said, we're going to need you guys to do this in terms of limiting speech. We're going to need you guys to do this in terms of taking their property through civil asset forfeiture. We're going to need you guys to do this in depersoning people. We're going to need you guys to do this because of the war on drugs. We're going to need you guys to do all of this. And oh, by the way, we're going to make sure that if you don't, you don't get the federal funds that come with violating the rights of peaceful people. Now, if you're those people, if you're the dangerous people that can put together a small group of extremely armed, heavily, I mean, heavily armed, go down and have a peaceful conversation with your sheriff about what you expect and what will not happen from here out. And oh, by the way, man, if you want to, if you want to change your tune, if you want to stop accepting fiat dollars, possibly in the very near future, CBDCs and be a part of this community, then we'll put together funds in Satoshi's and Bitcoin to fund your organization. But it comes with the understanding that you will not violate the rights of peaceful people. The war on drugs is over. The war on free speech is over. The war on religion is over. The war on redressing your government is over. And you better start rounding people up. You better start rounding the people that played ball 
that come down here from the, the, the federal government or the state government for that matter. You better start arresting those people. Those are your criminals. They are super easy to see. You do that and you protect this community and the peaceful people within this community, then we'll make sure you have a job. If not, sheriff, the first time that you violate a peaceful person's rights in this community, we're not coming for the deputy. We're coming for you. That is our promise. That is what we have promised each other. That is what must be done to secure freedom for each and every individual in this community. It's not asking a lot. It's not even unfair. We're telling you the old ways are coming to a close. We are telling you in the future, you have a choice to make. We expect your answer within a week. If you don't think that that's going to be happening here very, very soon. And those, oh, those, first, uh, those first communications have been sent, especially here in Cherokee County, Georgia. Boy, I'll tell you right now, it's an easy conversation to have because guess what? You are the righteous individuals here. You are protecting the individual and their sovereignty. You are not accepting CBDCs to violate peaceful people's rights, their life, their property, or any of those things. Oh man, I've got a story for you guys about property tax. I'm taking my property tax to court. I've gone through, I don't know how many appeals now, wasted too many days with these people. This is coming to a head. In a system that authorizes and promotes the use of force and coercion by fraudsters like the FBI, the DHS, the rest of the, the alphabet boys, I think I'm about done paying for that system. I hope you and your communities, wherever you are, are on the same path. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to take a stand. Realize that you are not only vindicated, but you are responsible. You have a responsibility to do so. If you have the knowledge and you have the wherewithal and your body has the facilities to take a stand, you have the responsibility to do so. Lot is coming down to this. Centralization of authority or decentralization. Freedom versus tyranny down to every bit of money you spend. Period. That's it. That's your choice. What are you going to do about it? It's Monday. Figure it out. Have a plan. Be intentional. Do something amazing. Help free yourself. Help free your family. Help free your community and all the peaceful people in it from this tyranny, these sick, sick, elitist human beings that don't want you to have any type of sovereignty over your own life. Until next time, ladies and gents, I will see you here manana. I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take this step.